Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Natural Hat Trick with Luke Lipinski, Craig Morgan, and Jamie Eisner. Welcome into episode 201 of the Natural Hatrick Podcast alongside Craig Morgan. Natty Hattie. And Jamie Eisner. You never come to me first anymore. And Jim Ursay. Craig, how are you doing today? <laughs> are you just priming me? Uh, I am. That's a loaded question. Angry Craig makes for the best podcasts. <laughs> I should have brought you a coyote sweatshirt. I could have made that happen too. Oh well, next week. You were too busy looking up like what? Check sweatshirts for the world championship. What, what did you want me to buy? I Slovakian. I was looking sweatshirts? at the world championship uh, stats the for stat some reasons for the show that we're doing. It's called research, Jamie, mm. and it popped up a uh, an ad for uh, Slovakian world championship 2019 sweatshirts. Oh. You want one? Oh, well, <laughs> no, but maybe Jim Merce does. <laughs> Uh, they're not as comfortable as the uh, as the coyotes ones. <laughs> that was a, a low point in my journalism career, by the way. The, as I as I was sending the email to Colts PR, I said I was thinking, "Am I really doing this? Am I really doing this?" At least the response paid off. It was it was so much fun just to read that response that I thought, "Okay, at least I have something funny to put out." It's like they took sympathy on you. Like we know you had to ask this, so at least we're going to make this. Well, at least there's some humor in this. Um. Ugh. So a, a little a little background uh, on that. I sent that picture of Jim Irsay and yeah, the you started this. to Craig and Luke in our in our. We have like a Natty Hattie group thread. Um, that is a disaster, but it's great as you but, would expect. <laughs> and I sent that to them. And I joked, "Oh, new Coyotes owner." And then the next morning is when people actually I don't really think, pretended well, to think that. Caption this, Coyotes fans. Yes. And of course, a lot of people are saying, you had to know that people were going to think you were saying he's the new order. Actually, uh, I I wouldn't make that leap. <laughs> I, have, I have no idea why most people made that leap. All I was doing was tweeting a photo of Jim Irsay in a Coyotes sweatshirt and hoping for funny captions. That's all I was well, doing, really. Yes. <laughs> and by that logic, I would be the Eagles owner. Yeah, well, you might secretly be. We haven't proven that that's not the case. Do you have any wives in Philadelphia? Not that I know of. Okay. Wouldn't rule it out. <laughs> this is my favorite exchange. So Craig tweets out, All right, you lunatics, against every fiber of my better judgment, I reached out to Colts PR to get the story behind that Jim Irsay tweet that as some of you convinced he's trying to buy a portion of the Coyotes. And Coach East Jack writes back, Isn't this the type of statement you would say even if you were secretly negotiating behind the scenes? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. That's funny, though, so Coach East Jack. So yeah. thanks for that. That was it's so good. But, but seriously, oh. can you imagine someone... How can we uh, hide our, our intentions of buying the team? Oh, I know. Just talk about the comfort of the sweatshirt. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, this, what, what, what's happening here? What's happening here really is we're pulling the wool over everybody's eyes because Craig Morgan is actually the next owner of the yeah, Arizona that's, Coyotes. That, yeah. that's, this is all a smokescreen. Mm. Wait, Jim wouldn't Irsay, that be the ultimate plot twist? Yeah. And on that front, of course, there was some quote-unquote news um, okay. John, Shan- start there. A John Shannon tweet yesterday saying that a Coyotes ownership, uh, there's uh, a sale of in ownership is coming, and Andy Barraway will be a a minority owner. Um, not much in that tweet, to be honest. And I and I think others have been reporting for more than a year that 
yeah, he's trying to sell the team and he'd probably be a minority owner, maybe be bought out. It would depend on the situation. So really not a lot to parse there, but in in true uh, Coyotes fashion, it set off a firestorm of speculation. What's going on? Oh, my God. Why? And, and I love that people are like, how come this news always comes from national people before our local people get it? Well, what news yeah, exactly came in that tweet? Can you answer that question for me first? Was there a timeline? Were there specifics? Was there anything really in that tweet? Do we know much more than we already knew? No. So the difference is that when you see it from local reporters, there's nuance and a lot of information that is not presented as this is exactly happening right here, right now, where the national media just tweets it out. It would be and, like, and you see this with a lot of different things. If, if you follow any team, lo- any sports team locally, yes. and you have really good beat writers around that team, you'll realize the one the time gap before it gets to national, and the difference in level of detail when it gets to national, because the national reporters tend to be very surface level and quick, and it's the real detail is at the local level. It, it would be like if I tweeted out today. A team from the Eastern Conference will make the Stanley Cup in 2020. And then a bunch of fans in Toronto or whatever flipped out that somebody outside of Toronto had that news first. <laughs> That's not news. There's yes. a continuum there. But yes. but what Jamie's talking about is what uh, – I thank you to my wife, Tara, for ab- absorbing the rant that I went on yesterday for about 15 minutes. <laughs> but I'm going to go on it again because we hear people complain all the time about the media. Oh, just throwing out information. Okay. Which is it that you actually want? Do you want a tweet that says virtually nothing like that? Or would you like reporting, nuanced reporting with details that gives you more substance and more of an idea what's going on? Decide which it is. If, if you do want that, then stop complaining that that's what media do all the time, okay? But if you want the more in-depth reporting, you're going to have to wait for it. I'm not concerned about throwing something out immediately. Rant yeah, over. Yeah. No, but that's it? That wasn't anywhere close to no, 15 just, minutes. It was the shortened version of what I gave yeah, my wife. It was version. very but, succinct. But, but that's the point. Of If you've been following the coverage for the last four or five months or so, there's kind of, there's been this slow build to what Craig has been talking about, about Andy Bear looking to sell a team, Andy Bearway might be a minority. The Coyotes this, haven't hid from that. This shouldn't be a shock. No. There's no new information out there. The problem is, is when a national reporter, again, I'm not trying to to trash John Shannon. I'm just saying, in general, when oh, a national like reporter takes a piece of information like that, strips the nuance away and just reports the bare bones of it, it feels it comes across to people who are maybe aren't watching every little you know, iteration of what's going on. It feels like new information is being reported or it feels like something is more imminent than it is. And that's what's happening here. I understand why Coyotes fans are so sensitive to this stuff. And as somebody that has worked for the team for a while and has it, the whole time they've been dealing with this that I've worked there, I understand that it can feel like it's life-altering. Especially, I mean, John Shannon is a very reputable national uh, media person, but it's at this point I just laugh when I see stuff like that because I know how it impacts Craig on a personal level instantly. <laughs> Thanks. So you laugh at my pain. Yeah, yes, much. Absolutely. absolutely. It's okay. very cathartic Good, yeah. for me. Here's the thing, guys. It, look, could a deal happen? Could it happen quickly? Sure. But these deals are complex. They are incredibly complex with so many legal issues where you have armies of attorneys involved. And you never know just what might crater an entire deal. Attorneys, in fact, usually. It, yeah. Well, it, it, it can be a small issue that can crater a deal. There, there have been so many people who have come through either kicking the tires or trying to – you know, there have been the predatory type uh, purchasers mm-hmm. who wanted to buy it and either flip it or move it or – Whatever their their intentions are, Jim there have been silly. people that just couldn't. There, yeah, there are 
people that just couldn't put together yeah. the financing. There are people that were sort of fly-by-night groups that it was more of a shell game. They didn't really have the money. And, and the league does its vetting. They, they get through this process. There are so many steps along the way. Mm-hmm. You need to reach a certain point before a group becomes legitimate. And and sadly, this is something that I learned in the last go-around, or I guess two go-arounds ago now, yeah, with Vice Arizona <laughs> when I was reporting everybody that was coming through, the Darren Pastors of the world, people that I probably should not have even dedicated writing to because they were never serious candidates to buy this team. But even the serious candidates, there have been some serious candidates that have come close, and it's fallen apart. So let's just wait and see what happens with this one. There's just so maybe many. Maybe it'll come yeah. through. Maybe there'll be another group. You just don't know what's going to go. I think that's a very reasonable approach to take instead of going down the same path that we go down every year. Totally unrelated. When are you taking vacation this year? Mm-hmm. Do we know? I'm not disclosing that information. <laughs> <laughs> have you kicked the tires on vacation yet? I, I have, yeah. Okay. Jamie, do you have anything to say before we get to the Stanley Cup? Nah, I'll skip it. What? Not what? Important. Jamie had yes. something to say that wasn't important and well, he's not, skipping it. I know because you know, normally he, he everything I say is great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Brock Nelson, real quick. Six years looks like six million ish per year to stay with the Islanders. So that's somebody off the list of potential targets for a number of teams around the league. Thoughts yes. on Brock Nelson? And, and increasingly weaker forward class yes. uh, for free agency. Yeah, it's one guy that was interesting. So I, th- I think it's about right. I think that the term in the years are about right for a player his age. He's really come on in the last couple of years. And Look, I'm not one that's going to be all that excited about the Islanders next year. I think that's the easy team. As much as I, you know, pump them up this year, that hey, I think they can sustain this for the rest of this season. Uh, They're a team that I think is the easy candidate to knock out when we're talking about some of the other teams that might be pushing from the bottom of the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I agree with you, uh, especially because I think Florida is going to get in. It is weird though to to imagine a Barry Trotz coach team missing the playoffs. I was thinking about that the other day because. There are teams in the East, mainly Florida, but I mean, there's other teams. Usually, somebody comes Philadelphia up. Yeah, gonna, it, it could push. I mean, they had an awful start, but like, who's going to drop out? And the Boston, Toronto, Tampa—they're all in. Washington's in. Yeah. Uh, so there's four right there. I mean, if 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 let's say Florida and Philadelphia both got in, that's five, six. I mean, I mean, Columbus is a candidate. We'll see how their offseason goes. Yeah. They're going to lose players. But, I think. I think the Islanders—they're probably going to lose Robin Lehner. I'd imagine. I, I think somebody's going to throw. Way too much money at him. Oh, who's going to do that? Doesn't mean Thomas Columbus. Grice can't, but I don't know. I haven't seen Thomas Grice lead a team if he has to play 55, 60 games. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't know what that Thomas Grice is. I don't know if they can replicate the success they had this year. Carolina or Pittsburgh, I mean, could both feasibly drop off too, which is crazy because Pittsburgh's won two mm-hmm. of the last, it will have been four cups at that point. Carolina just made the Eastern Conference final for like four seconds. I think the East is way more open, at least in terms of getting into the playoffs next year. I don't think it's very open how far you go. I think there's you can identify pretty much five teams, but in terms of getting in, I think the East is going to be very open. There, that could be a spot where maybe a surprise team that has a really hot start and that's not Buffalo could get in. I'm just going to throw these out real quick. Craig Custins put a piece out on the Athletic ranking the top 20. Which side? <laughs> Top 20 uh, unrestricted free agents. He had Brock Nelson 11th. This this story came out before Brock Nelson. What is is this top? I'm just going to read off his top 10. Uh, I don't don't necessarily want to do that. Um, I was going to anyway. I know, but like I always feel awkward about doing that to subscriptions. All right, well then let's go like top Um, five because anybody can figure out the top five. Yeah, give me the top five. I'm curious how he has them ranked. Uh, And I won't. Here, I'll do it out of order. And you can read the rest at The Athletic. Yes. Matthew Shane. Checks in the mail for me. Jeff Skinner. Uh, Artemi Panarin, Eric Carlson, and Sergei Bobrovsky are top four, five. Huh? Okay. No, those that's not in order. I read those oh. out of order. 
But those are the top five. <laughs> yeah, you should. I've started saying the words out of order, too. Um, that's just to give you a feel. I mean, we don't have to read it off there. I can go to, to Cap Friendly or wherever. I can just make you my own yeah. list. Those are going to be the top five guys. I'm that's intri- a feel of what's out there. I'm intrigued by what the goaltender market is going to look like in free agency. Because Bobrovsky's going to be out there. He's obviously the biggest name. Laner's coming off the best year of his career. and there's I, Bob is actually a short name. It's not a big name. That's true. It's true. If you go by just Bob. Sorry, yeah. I derailed Bob the process here. No. No. Bob and Rob. So the goaltender's Bob and Rob. What is this, Luke, by the way, on my shirt? Uh, it oh. looks like an otter. Is it an otter? It is an otter. Is hey, it a I'm so proud shirt? of you. You got it right this time. Are you going to buy the Erie Otters? If if I were to buy a franchise, it would probably be the Erie Otters. Yeah, because otters are my favorite animals. Would, would you behind put, dogs? Would you uh, retire Dylan Strom's number? Dylan Strom was a heck of an otter. He was, he was. as was Connor McDavid. How comfortable would you say that shirt is, Craig? I, you know, I haven't tried on Jim Mersey's Coyote sweatshirt, so okay. it's hard to compare. But this is a very comfortable. But t-shirt. as t-shirts go, as t-shirts go, this is comfortable. You know, it's not quite as tight as the uh, the fashion is these days. Just medium. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's, it's it's got it's it's a little roomy. Craig, it's a little roomy. <laughs> Craig was uh, kind enough to just slide in before too when he was telling us off the air how his day was altered by the uh, John Shannon tweet yesterday that he was on his way to the gym when he saw the uh, the tweet and saw the news. Like Craig, Craig just goes to the, the gym. No, I, I know. I was, yeah. I was just pumping your tires for you. I did go to the gym pumping today, though. Yeah. Craig's pumping iron. Yeah, personal best on the cycle. <laughs> I just want to imagine. I just want to imagine Craig Morgan with like fifty pound dumbbells in each arm, just just, just doing curls, and then he gets. And then, like that'd his wife, pure, that would be pure fantasy. Actually. His wife taps him on the shoulders as it shows him the John Shannon tweet, and he just sits there and does like another ten sets, and then I, gets I, up and leaves. I would assume with with like one hand, he's still typing stories. That's yeah. a, that's how Craig. So left hand with the fifty pound curl, dumbbell and curl, then he switches his phone over to his and left then, yeah. hand. Yeah. Um, World Championships. Can we get into that before we get to the Stanley Cup? No. Sure. Cool. Don't All right. care. The leading point producer is William Nylander. He's going to come up later in the Yeah, show. but it's not the NHL, so what does that matter? It doesn't right. matter much to Toronto. It, it doesn't to their fans. Until he takes Toronto out in the final or something. That's, <laughs> or <laughs> takes that Canada out Why did final. we trade him? We never should have traded him. It was a bad move. <laughs> uh, Canada and Russia are into the semis. Finland, Sweden, yeah, the Czech Republic, they, and Germany. The U.S. draw of getting Russia was oof. It didn't work out oof. so well. Oof. But can we talk about mm, how many teams are in the World Championship? <laughs> Yeah, because like Great a, Britain exists. Oh, we've, the, we mentioned this a little bit last hockey week. Hockey traditional oh, environment of Great there's Britain. Bad teams. Just Brexit bad the tournament. Bad teams. Bad contracts. Here, here's the, the reality. I, I was talking to Ray Ferraro, but, uh, not about this for another story I'm writing on. Name dropper. I, I, I won't. But, but, but he had a, a really good point, so I just want to credit him rather than saying it myself. <laughs> That's good. Look, they wanted three weekends of hockey, so it's, it's about revenue, right? Well, yeah. Of course. It's about making money, but. Oh, there's some teams in that tournament that just I mean, come on, you can't have like twelve nothing games. That's just not absurd. Great. That's why ninety six teams are in the tournament. It's the world yeah. championship and you lost twelve nothing. Yeah. <laughs> come on, why are you there? They won't even list all the teams anymore. But now, you bring the fans, on. you know, you get all the fans. It's uh, I get it to an extent. I almost wonder if they should have two divisions competing in the same venues. At the same time. So you have a, an upper and lower division. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Host it all in one venue or two venues as they did, and but but have all the countries together still. So, And y- you still know if you if you win the lower division or end up last, there's still rele- relegation, right? Yeah. So yeah. there's still – Something to play for. Yeah, beyond yeah. just winning Group yeah. B or Group A or whatever they call it, uh, you, can, you can move up. Can you just, imagine relegation in the NHL? <laughs> just think about it for a second. Sorry, Ottawa. 
We wouldn't have to deal with Edmonton for so long. No, they never actually last. They just always get the first pick. That was a good segue. I just before we go into that, like I hate the World Juniors. Let's stop. The World Juniors are awesome. They are. Yeah, I love the World Juniors. The Olympics are awesome. I like the World Juniors more. Yes, but I don't like this. I don't like the World Championships. I don't want it. To, to me, if I, that tournament doesn't mean anything. It means nothing. It means literally nothing. I think it means something to a few countries. Like like Finland always takes these things. Yeah, really the ones seriously. that win. Yeah, well, but they're they're invested. Yeah, too. Sweden and Finland. Finland, like Scandinavia, doesn't need more things to be happy about. They're fine over there. <laughs> they are. Very, it's like I told you. It's like the quality of life is already there. high. They, they don't they don't need this tournament. This is how it works. Sweden and Finland go Same all in on this. Again. Tournament. Thank uh, you. While you're from the East Coast, uh, this is how this, this <laughs> a specific part of the this, East Coast. <laughs> this tournament works like Swindland, Sweden, Swindland, in the water. Swindland, Sweden, and Finland go all in, and then Canada only cares if they win. If they don't win, all the Canadian fans are like the World Championships. Who even cares? But if they win, you're going to hear about yes. it. That's how it works. The Edmonton Oilers. They are alive. Closing in on a coach. What is going on? I don't know. I don't know. He's he's and look, Dave Tibbetts in radio silence. I'm sure you're reading this all over Twitter. He's not talking to anybody right now. To me, that suggests he's in negotiations. So I don't know Seems where they're like going to lead. But my question is, why? <laughs> why, Dave? Why would you go to Edmonton other than Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl? That's it. Right? That's it. Do you have promises that Milan Lucic will not be on the roster? And do you have promises that you'll have cap freedom? Do you have promises that that old guard that is influencing so many things up there will be cast aside? There's so much wrong with that organization. They can't promise cap freedom. They can't. <laughs> no, they can't. There's no they, way you can don't deliver have it. it. <laughs> no. There's no way to deliver it. I saw possibly it's... the most uneducated tweet in the history of Twitter. What did I say? <laughs> that, that wasn't involving Jamie Eisner. An Oilers fan tweeting back to one of their radio stations up there, angry that Dave Tippett was the guy, and said flat out, I would so much rather have Craig McTee than Dave Tippett. Oh. I almost want the Oilers to go the other way and hire Craig McTavish so you can sit in second to last place for the next no, eight they years keep winning again. winning draft lotteries, and it's going to be boring. But look, it's, it, the Oilers' job is, is so tough to figure out because on one hand, you have two elite centers. You have two players at the hardest position to find, including the best player in hockey. And that is really, really attractive. But the rest of that team is very bad. The system is not great. You're in cap hell. And you have a history of an organization that let's just say the front office isn't always the best decision makers in the world. That would be the biggest concern for me. And there's a ton of pressure despite the fact that your team is bad. Yeah, because uh, obviously the cap situation we've been detailing for three years and they have done nothing to fix it. How can you when you have Milan Lucic? Well, in fact, in those three years they went out and signed Milan Lucic. I remember (laughs) where we were in Vegas when it happened because we all freaked out. Um, If I'm Dave Tippett, like if I'm the Oilers, this, this would be a great hire if they can pull it off because Dave Tippett has proven to be very good at getting the most out of fringe players. And the Oilers, despite having Dreisaitl and McDavid, are going to have to depend on some fringe players to actually step up. So in that, he, that he might regard, get 12 goals out of Toby Reader. He might. He might. Well, Reader won't be there, though, because he's been all the yeah, problems. But to Craig's point, if I'm Dave Tippett and and what I've wanted is control, do I really want to go work for the Oilers front office where it's just it feels like it's the same five guys that despite being wrong all the time think they're always right? Here here's the tough part because obviously if there was a job like Toronto or Tampa open, just wait till next we year. We talked about that. Maybe, but maybe those jobs don't open. And hmm. I I think we still have to remember that I bet one of those is open next year. 
I, yeah, I think <sighs> I don't. I don't even know which one. I'm just saying one of them is open. I'm gonna take the under on that actually because they can't both get past the second round. Yeah, but I don't think they'd fire Babcock if he wins a playoff round. But to, to me, it's a big jump. The problem, the thing I think we have to keep it's in not perspective. What they're looking for there, no. But to, the thing we have to keep in perspective is we have to take Vegas out of this equation. There's a very good chance that the Seattle team is dreadful. Yeah. for years. But he'd have control there. Yes, but the problem is when you have a sustained multiple seasons of losing. That leash, once that team could be competitive, is not going to be as long as it should be. So if you want to coach a team that you think you might be able to turn around, like there's a better the reality is there's a better chance at Edmonton, and I know how dumb this is to say, but this is how bad their cap situation is. No, Edmonton has a much better chance of getting to the playoffs and having success quicker than Seattle. Look, from a coyote's perspective, I don't want Dave Tippett coaching the Oilers. That Seattle? makes the Oilers better. Yes. What about Vegas? What about Vegas as a, a model? I, I just don't think that's going to happen. It's not going to happen. If I'm tipping, I like the idea, if I'm in Seattle, of being able to build something from scratch. I mean, that is, that's definitely but that's, part but of his that's, mentality. If you it's just be, such a long wait. That's yeah. the hard thing. But right? that's if you want to be in the front office. If you want to coach primarily. He yeah. could coach. He could. They'd let him coach if he wanted to go. Yeah. But if you want to do that, that's, again, a little bit ways away. A couple away. years away. Yeah, and you, again, the, the quality of players you're going to be coaching is going to be less. I, I, I know what we saw with Vegas. That's not happening again. No. I would agree. It's not. I right, just don't know anymore. Let's. Uh, I just don't know anymore. I think an interesting story, by the way, <laughs> Twitter would be, to look, Craig. would be to look back at the NHL's history of expansions and see how they handled it each time. Like we were talking about this, and it's a, it's about to play out with the Cup final. St. Louis is back in the Cup final for the first time since they were in that expansion division where they gifted a team a yeah. Cup final berth. Which, from a marketing standpoint, it's not a bad idea. Your no. team is just brand new in the league, and they get mm-hmm. to play. And they were probably thinking, you know, this will probably rotate a little bit. It didn't because St. Louis just kept getting there, but not a bad idea. I mean, it's not the most legitimate cup final. I think everybody probably knew mm-hmm. that the round before decided the champion. But these different iterations of what they've tried to give a team instant success, instant credibility in a market, which I think is really important, having a team come in. Especially when they're spending the kind of money they're spending it's only right half now. A billion yeah. Dollars. Yeah, just, that's just the yeah. expansion fee, right? Yeah. And then you're talking about marketing and all the other things that you have to do. I mean, how much is Seattle spending on the arena? Right now it's at eight hundred million. So when you think about the money that's going in, yeah, if if I'm the owner, I'm like, you know, you you probably should give me a chance at success pretty quickly out of the gate rather yeah. than waiting five years with a god awful team. Uh let's get to the Stanley Cup here. And I want to start with the Bruins. You guys don't want to talk about the cup? That was I don't want to talk about okay. the cup. Um, did we already mentioned Brock Nelson? We did. Yeah. We, did. we did. We can talk John about Davidson. Again if you want. Just oh, yeah. John Davidson. About John Davidson, too. Yeah. John just, Davidson, Capocacco. The Rangers are going to be fun. Yeah. yeah. Unless New John Jersey Davidson takes Capocacco. Awesome. I just want to hear John Davidson talk, right? Mm-hmm. In New York, too. That'll In be fun. New York. That's yes, even better. Uh, With Jamie's accent. We are. <laughs> tournament. Tournament. We are getting uh, those stories out there that Jack Hughes might not be the first pick now. Oh, uh, It's that time no. of year. It's my favorite tradition. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Based Feed on the world championship. Jack Hughes is going number one overall. Done. I, I like just, just I, Everything else is. Go Devils! Unless See, he te- I had, I had, it worked. Unless he tears his ACL <laughs> walking down the street between now and the draft, he's going number one. Um... <laughs> As much as we talked about how whoever came out of the Atlantic Division was going to have a brutal path through the playoffs, now that we've seen Boston's path to the Stanley Cup, was it really that hard? No. But the East was a tire fire. Just an absolute tire fire. Scorched earth by the end of that. 
So Toronto in the first round was tough. It was. It was a good series, yes, and we were all looking forward to that series. But after that, they kind of made short work of Columbus. Look, I, yeah, and I, I know a lot of people are saying Columbus. Uh, yeah, oh, that's a better team than people realize. They were good. They weren't They're great. Good. They They're weren't fine. Great. I don't think Boston's path to the Cup final has been that difficult since the first round. No, Carolina well, series was horrible. Yeah, yeah no, it was I mean, a god awful series. One of the brutal. worst series I've seen in a while. And it was predictably it's brutal. A conference final. Mm. Imagine, about, imagine a team sweeping its way to the final. Oh wait, that happens all the time in the NBA. It yes. just happened in the NBA. Yeah. Hey, who's playing for the NBA title? Oh look, Golden State wait. again. <laughs> Shocking. Who Even saw they lost that their best coming? Player. Who saw that coming? Uh, I would say everybody that isn't delusional. How about the Metro Division providing us with the Islanders sweep over the Penguins, the Hurricanes sweep over the Islanders, and then the Bruins sweeping the Hurricanes? What a just a waste of a division this year. Mm-hmm. A division that gave us the last three Stanley Cup champs, but embarrassing effort this season. Wasn't great. No. Three borderline unwatchable series. Actually, you know what? Three entirely unwatchable series. Those were the three worst series of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But Boston's here now, and uh, it's pretty impressive what they've done just in general this season. Mm-hmm. It really, like... Tampa was still the best team, despite whatever that was in the first round. Like I don't know what's happened to them in the last six postseason games that have just been a disaster. But after them, Boston was the most, from top to bottom, the most complete team. Yeah, so get Boston getting here is not... I mean, with Tampa falling, that's not, that's not a surprise out of the East. They had the third best record in the league. Yeah. So fine, with Boston. St. Louis, a little more of a surprise, but if you looked at them after January 1st, they were the best team in the league, so... It, it, with with that perspective, some normalcy has returned to the Stanley Cup playoffs after the you know all four wild cards advanced and all four division it, leaders lost in like, the first round. If we lived in this weird world where you just like took chunks of time and threw them away, like if we if we started at the beginning of the season mm. and we and we pick back up on January first, none of us would be surprised that St. Louis is here. Right. We would think yes. St. Louis should have been there because we talked about them all offseason as a team that maybe this team could win the Central. Yeah. We, did, we did talk about that. We know they had Winnipeg and, and Nashville, but we thought they could compete. Then they got the brutal start. So the, these two teams here, and again, this might be a sign of why depth matters in the postseason. And I think that, to me, is is a story with these two teams. It is a different game. It's, because it's a different, not only a different sport, but it's a different version of hockey in the playoffs. But because you, you should look at some of the teams that were really exciting but went out in round one. Teams like Calgary, that were just so top-heavy. Teams, And then it's in the second round, like Colorado, top-heavy. I still think that even no matter how good you, your players are on that top line, you really need to be able to score and sustain success in the 40 minutes that those players are not playing. Yeah, and then look at what Boston's got with the the mm-hmm. third line that they basically acquired with Charlie Coyle and, yeah. and Marcus Johansson. Yeah. That line has been really good. And their fourth line, or energy line, whatever you want to call it, it's a good line. They're, they really do have the depth. Uh, the, I, I don't know what you guys would say. Uh, who are you picking in this series, first of all? Who do you think going to win this? I think Boston is. I'm going to stick with Boston, but if Tarasenko wakes up, St. Louis could definitely win this. I, th- I think this is a seven-game series. I think these teams are very similar. I just think that... I just think the top end skill of Boston just a little bit better than that the top, top end line skill is so good. of St. Louis. It is so good. I, yeah. I, I don't know why I'm going this route. I, part of it's just the way St. Louis has been playing for a very long time, but I feel like they're, they're a, a team of destiny at this point. I'm taking St. Louis in really? six in this in series. Six? In wow. six? Yeah. Well, I don't think they'll win a seventh game in Boston. Yeah, I think they've got to win it in gotta six. But I think this is going to be a very good series. I, I think, think it is, too. It's going to surprise a lot of people how good this series is. The reason that I would take Boston, and once the dust settled after round one, Boston would, would 
was my team uh, just because they don't lose. I know they lost two in a row at one point to Columbus, but then they came back and dominated that series. They just don't they don't stack losses. So I feel like St. Louis, especially with the long layoff Boston's going to have before game one, it's not till Monday, right? Yeah. yeah. 11 St. days. St. 11 St. Louis days. almost has to win game one, I, I feel agree. like. That, that's when you catch them. I mean, yeah. th- that's the game that you catch them. To me, the big story for Boston is how great Tuka Rask has been. And I know you're going to ask this question later, so I'm just going to get to it. He's right now my cons, my favorite. You do, because you told me you were going to. Uh, He's he's my cons, my favorite right now. And and it's funny to look back at, if you look back at October, when people were questioning whether or not Tuka Rask should even be the starting goaltender in Boston. Well, Boston fans really need to just chill out. In general. He's he's already won you a cup, hasn't he? He got you to the cup. Or was a part of winning a cup. I, I think as a Penguins fan, you should abstain from this conversation about not talking trash about a goaltender that has won cups for you. And that's fine, but, but I'm saying Boston, not Bruins fans. You just, the Patriots <laughs> just won the Super Bowl. The Red Sox just won the World yeah, Series. But the Celtics, though. And, and they're complaining about Tuka Rask, who, by the way, is going to win you a Stanley Cup this year. But it is funny, but it is funny to look, kind of look back at that, though. Uh, of People thought, oh, is Tuka Rask done? And he has been sensational for the rest of the season. He's been their best player. On a, on a team that has a handful of candidates for that role yeah. so far. And I think that's the biggest difference for me. Their, their PK has been excellent. Rask's goaltending has been great. Binnington's been fine. Binnington's been fine. But he hasn't been to the level of Tuka Rask in this postseason. No, he hasn't. And I feel like I always try and get the perspective when the Stanley Cup comes around of, of how just general sports fans are viewing it because that's the NHL's is one of their best chances other than like the Winter Classic to grab attention nationally. I think they did a good job two years ago when it was Pittsburgh and Nashville because they really played up P.K. Subban and just the whole like mm-hmm. different celebrities singing the national anthem in Nashville and everything. The first round of these playoffs was, was catching attention from people outside the hockey world because there were so many upsets. But then the second round was pretty terrible in these playoffs. Yeah. Like, just call it like it was. The second round was pretty awful. Now you get to a point where you've got Boston, who, and Craig put this in the notes, the most complete team in these playoffs all the way through, tied with Calgary for the second-best record in the regular season. They both had 107 points. This is not some team that like snuck into the playoffs and is going on a run. Against the St. Louis team that has never won a cup, that has been the best team since January 1st. They had the worst record in hockey on January 3rd, which is unbelievable that they're now in the Stanley Cup. But you've got maybe the two best teams, other than like Tampa, meeting in the Cup. They are recognizable markets to people outside of the sport. I think the actual Stanley Cup's going to have some buzz. And they have the history of, of the Bobby Orr Stanley Cup from whatever, 49 years ago or whatever. <laughs> that fantastic photo. I love that photo. It's, I have that photo, actually. I own a copy of that photo. It's the best photo. Yeah. Uh, just get. I want to get to get back to something Jamie was saying with Tuka Rask because right now he is my Smythe winner as well, and it, it's pretty easy to pick him right now. He is leading the in the traditional statistics. He's leading the league in goals against average at one point eight four and save percentage at nine forty two. But dive a little deeper. His goal saved above average is also tops in in the playoffs right now at seven point six six. His high danger save percentage is tops among any goal he's played more than five games in the playoffs right now at nine eighteen. He's been unbelievable so far. And yes, it is a team sport and I'm not a big fan of any goaltender stat because I don't think any of them are able to dive deep enough into what a goaltender is doing individually, but He's, it's been pretty special mm-hmm. to watch, and we've all seen it as well. He, he certainly passes the eyeball test. Especially on a team that is so balanced. Like, if, yeah. you, if you couldn't give it to the goalie, you'd probably give it to Marshawn, but you might give it to Pastor. Now, you, there's, like, other candidates that are all pretty even. So that sort of opens the door for you to look at the goalie and say, hey, how's he doing? And then you realize he's probably been their best player. What if St. Louis wins, though? 
you still giving it to Rask, or are you giving it like who no, wants St. Louis? I, we'll have to wait and see how the final plays out yeah. because it, it right now it's look, probably Schwartz, look, isn't yeah, it? It's right the now it's Schwartz. The Consmith winner is so weighted toward what happens in the yeah. final that it, I mean it's almost silly of me to even talking about who who would win it right now. This whole but, podcast is silly. But when you, when you look at the numbers right now, and and I know they're playing in separate conferences and they don't really mean anything in the end, but Boston's numbers just across the board right now. Are just insane. Their power play is converting at thirty four percent. Their PK <laughs> is at eighty six point three. Goals for per game three point three five. Goals against one point nine four. Their save percentage, team save percentage, is nine forty six. Their numbers are absurd right now. Yeah. Who's, but again, is that is that because they you know they just played Carolina, Carolina in four games? I, I don't know. You know, it's, it's well, influenced. What did they? They had five power play goals in the first three games against Carolina, so that certainly helped. But still, if you're scoring thirty four percent. Uh, of your power play opportunities through three rounds of the playoffs, you're doing something right. And you look at the personnel on that power play, it makes sense that they would be able to do this. Um, what's the better storyline, St. Louis winning or Boston winning? And I do want to mention San Jose here, too, before we wrap up the show. I think St. Louis is because yeah. so, uh, Boston's won recently. Yeah, the, the city of Boston is just spoiled. This is the golden age for that city. And I think, I think most people outside of Boston don't want to see another Boston title because they're just sick of it. And... Brad Marchand, too. Not, yeah, a lot of, yeah. not a lot of fans of that guy. David Backus would be uh, an interesting story, though, right? Yeah, he, beating his former team. Yeah, yeah. All those years doing what he did in St. Louis, and then he comes and wins a cup against him. That would be hard for them to swallow. But uh, to me, again, St. Louis, first legitimate cup final appearance, that would be a good story. It's always cool when a, a team wins a championship for the first time. Yes. Also, it allows us for the next five years to have this narrative that on January 1st, teams that are sitting at the bottom of the standings still have a chance. Say, well, remember what St. Louis did. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, January 3rd, they were last place in the NHL. Craig I, Berube, I can't re- repeat that stat enough. Chief. Chief Berube? Yeah, it's, a, it's his nickname. Um, didn't, also, d- we weren't able to beat Colorado, though, for the Coyotes. <laughs> also, Jay Bowmeister. Yes, we should always say it like that. Also, Jay Bowmeister. Jumbo J. <laughs> uh. Speaking of Jumbo, that would have been the best storyline. Yeah. yeah. It's a... I just feel it's for a the shame. Guy. It it's, is. It, it, it's what happens is a damn shame. It's a damn shame that Joe Thornton and the Sharks... They were don't just have a cup. Decimated by injuries in in that conference final. No, you're be playing fair. without Pavelski. You're playing without Hurdle. You're playing without Carlson yeah. in that game. It's, yeah, be fair, they, they were winning there. that last game. No, that's the thing. I, I don't feel that bad this time because they shouldn't have been there. That, ga- that series was not the best officiated series I've seen. Mm. I don't know mm. if we've done a show since the the just blatant hand pass to Eric Carlson to win whatever game that was. Game three, I believe, to yeah. put San Jose up two one. But then it wasn't officiated well the other way against San Jose for the rest of the series. You can make the cases because San Jose got so many officials eliminated from these playoffs. There just weren't many left. <laughs> <laughs> but listening like listening to Sharks fans boo the officials in game five, I think it was, that was a bit much. Like, you shouldn't have even gotten past Vegas, probably. You got some help against Colorado, and you certainly shouldn't have won game. Maybe you would have won game three anyway. It's not like you would have lost if that goal didn't count. Mm-hmm. But that was kind of the point where I was like, ah, I'm not too upset if St. Louis wins this series. Yeah, I just it's it's mostly centered around Joe Thornton. It would have been cool to see for him before he goes out. He's been a... An underrated player, I think. Just one of the best passers this game has ever seen. And still productive in these playoffs. Yeah, and also Sharks are cool as a mascot. Yeah, that's Really, true. is there a cooler mascot than the Sharks? You think he plays next year? I do. Oh, I think he plays. Yeah, One more year? Mm-hmm. But he's not going to win a cup. <laughs> he's not going to win no, a cup. No, I, 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 San, San, I think San, San Jose yeah. is a playoff team, but they're going to be... A, Objectively worse. I'm not as down on the Sharks as you guys are. They still and now if they lose Eric Carlson or Pavelski, Pavelski, I think they'll keep Pavelski. I I do too, but they're going to lose Carlson. I think that's a given. But 
they've got a good young core coming up, like legitimately good young yeah, players. Yeah, but are they going to well, be I ready? I don't think they're a cup contender. Yeah, I'm saying yeah. they're going to be a playoff, be a playoff team, team, but I can't. But who's your cup contender out of the West next year? Vegas. See what ha- well, uh, yeah. yeah, but let's see what happens this offseason, too. Yeah. I mean, Vegas, to me, seems like the obvious answer. I think if they find a way to re-sign their players, I think Winnipeg still could be. Uh, I mean, it's just... They got some work to do. They do. It's a hard thing to figure, too. They I do. I don't know how they do it, but, I mean... If uh, if this is it for San Jose with this this group, this stretch of... I mean, how many years are we looking at now where they've been sort of hovering around really good playoff team consistently I mean, since in since the lockout, pretty much, right? Like a dozen years, yeah. basically? Yeah. And they don't win the franchise for a very long time. And, and, no cups know, to show for it. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame. It I, really is. I, and it's, that's one of those franchises where you just, man, tough luck. Just get one. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Just get one and you don't have to listen to all the... The Buffalo Bills comparisons. Yeah, because at least Tampa, as much as we make fun of them, they did win a cup. They got, they got one. It, was, it wasn't this group. But in terms of just a, a a core, it's changed a little bit, obviously, over 12 years. I can't remember another team in the last 20-ish years that has had this good of a run that doesn't have a cup to show for it. Likeable players, too, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's yeah. part of it. Joe Pavelski, just, you just love the guy's game. Brent Burns is so much fun. Thornton, sentimental favorite. They're, they've had a, a lot of likable players. It's just, yeah, tough luck. Timo Meyer's fun to watch play yeah. hockey, too. Um, was this their best shot, you think? I know they made the cup a couple years ago, but they... No, it was not their best shot. You but, don't think so? No. When was their best shot? When they were like two games away from winning the cup a couple years ago. But that, they, that was a better team, I think. They caught Pittsburgh, though. That was a Pittsburgh team that had all this pressure they had to win. Like they caught Pittsburgh yes, at the wrong time. Yes, but the San Jose time. team themselves were they were a better team. Huh. Interesting. What, yeah, and what about and the year? I think it was 2009-10 when they didn't they finish with the best record. Oh yeah. 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 The Blackhawks ended up beating them and that that was a great series, but Yeah. Yeah, yeah th- 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 this wasn't one of the two best Sharks teams uh, of that run. Well, but, but I'm looking at the fact that the way the landscape broke in the playoffs too were where these other teams were all bumped out in the first round. The St. Louis is tough. And, and their own luck. I yeah, mean, what happened absolutely. in Vegas, what happened in the hand pass. I mean, but I, know, I, I still Vegas. think it was their best chance. Uh, if St. Louis wins, this is interesting. If you go, you got to go back a ways where a team in the Western Conference that isn't L.A. or Chicago won the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. You're going back to 2008, and it's Detroit, who's not even in the Western Conference anymore. Yeah. That's crazy. It's been a lot of Eastern Conference teams or Chicago or L.A. winning the Cup well, over yeah, the last they, they, dominated it's it's actually if you start to look at it i mean it's not the nba where the same team wins every year but there's a really big chunk of pittsburgh chicago and la well, winning the cup and, and potentially boston too right, boston could win the second cup and, yes. and we've talked about this on the show before the, the idea that the nhl is has this is this like beacon of parody has been a false narrative for a long time it's not it's parody to a point i think it's more yes. competitive but in the end making the pl- it's a parody of making the playoffs right it's but, not a parody of how the your carolinas win. don't win cups correct yeah except for that one year that we the just we don't talk about the carolina won the cup. yeah the carolina Ed- the carolina edmonton yeah. cup or whatever final that right we don't talk the, about right after yeah. it didn't count but that if you a, go that was a, just a bizarre yeah it just didn't count no it offense. made no sense to any context everybody anything. was trying to figure things out yeah but if you go early early just handed crosby to Pittsburgh. Or yeah. even just, hey. Wait, what? <laughs> you didn't watch Milan Craft play the, hockey for no. however the, many years. The Oilers before the Oilers. Um, there's a stretch, though, from, what, 2001, where it's um, different Stanley Cup winners every year. I heard what you said. I know. The Penguins actually I just won cups, you know, it's, so they're not the Oilers before the Oilers. It's not lost on got me. got the first pick that one time. Well, I guess they had Flurry too, but that was a waste. Uh, and Jordan Stahl. The, uh, it wasn't the first pick, though, was it? Jordan Stahl? Yeah, because uh, well, yeah, I think it was Flurry. No. They took was Stahl. Stahl, was Stahl or Malkin? Which was the second pick? It was Malkin. Malkin was second it? behind. So there was three game. ones, and it was like one two one two or something. Like I know that. they took Stahl instead of Jonathan Taves, so that yeah. was kind of an issue. Although hmm. he helped him win a cup. 
So uh, 2001 they on. Been able though, to find a third line center since they left them. Different. No, Nick Benino. But then for, yeah, for half season. Uh, Avalanche, Red Wings, Devils, Lightning, Hurricanes, Ducks. I mean, there's a stretch there from 2001 to 2007 where a different team won every year. But, but now, those teams were all. <laughs> it, I know it's dumb to say the Cup team was really good, but yeah. it feels like those teams it had is. a higher level of talent than even the Cup winners now, right? It feels like the high level of talent at the the top of some of those teams. Yeah, maybe not Detroit, the especially. maybe not the Devils, but yeah, I was gonna say the Devils. Well, yeah, well, that never was more of the Devils. The Abs had, had some. The, the Abs, yeah. the Ducks, that, then, those I Ducks mean, teams. I mean, if you look at the Blackhawks teams, at the, the players at the top, or the Pig Penguins yeah. players at the top, those are. I meant the last couple of years. Those, oh yeah, those. Yeah, those Chicago teams were just so good. They were. They they probably should have won. Well, we can't. Uh, what happened to all their players? Self sell. <laughs> <laughs> I I think about mostly. I think about the uh, good old days. Well, the the second. King Stanley Cup, where they had mm. that epic Game Seven and the puck deflected in. The Blackhawks had a lead late in the third yeah. period. Alec they, Martinez they gave away. Otherwise, we're probably talking about four cups. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I will say, as much as it's fun to not see those two teams play for the cup anymore, I do miss those Western oh, Conference Final matchups because those were really, really fun. Yeah, those were really fun series. Well, LA is not getting back anytime mm, soon. Mm, Chicago no. feasibly could next year with Stan Bowman steering the ship. And <laughs> 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 they got the third pick. Oh, I tried. X factors. Move on from Chicago. <laughs> I have no. Nobody can see the. Look I have no Craig X factors. Um, you mentioned though that that third line that Boston just basically mm. built at the trade deadline. That is. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. We have yep. seen players that were acquired at the deadline this year, I feel like, impact the playoffs more than you typically do. Like Matthew Shane definitely helped out Columbus. Absolutely, he did. A lot of times you see these trades, and it's like, oh, it's a big deal on TSN the day of the trade deadline, and then the guy just Because nothing happens to the deadline anymore. Poor yeah. James Duffy just sits there and cries <laughs> on the set for, six, for seven hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. This was a, an interesting trade deadline, yes. which is nice. I hope that becomes a, a precedent. Yeah. Char- Charlie or Coyle is... I'm for like the third series in a row is going to be my X factor because if he can keep this, Charlie up, Coyle, he's playing really. <laughs> he really. is. He, this, this is Third the player. Line center, it's a perfect fit for him. right? Yes, and this is a play again. You look at pedigree, top prospect, underperformed. Now he's finally having some success. You hope that's sustainable for him long. They term. gave up a good player for him too. Minnesota, I think, is pretty happy with Ryan Donato. Yes, but Charlie Coyle might had bring Brent Burns, cup. but you know. yeah, well, that's that's different. That's Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota would not be nearly as boring if they had just kept Brett Burns, but they didn't. Nope, they gave all their money to Parise and Suter. Mm. Um, all of their money. Jaden Schwartz has been interesting. Two hat tricks already in these playoffs. Did nothing it's in the regular just season. Just got to be healthy. He 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 is a fascinating player to watch because there are there are stretches in every season and they're prolonged stretches that he looks like the best player on the ice and then he will disappear for also prolonged stretches. He's, did, he's just a fascinating player. We had somebody on. Was it Jim Rutherford? Or Jeremy Rutherford, not Jim Rutherford. I don't think we had Jim Rutherford. No, on we should have He's him welcome. on now. Jeremy Rutherford, do we have him on to do the Blues preview in the offseason? Yeah. And I asked him who the best player on this team is, and he said Jaden Schwartz, remember? This is yep. before the season. Mm. And he was like, I know that sounds maybe a little crazy, because everybody would expect Tarasenko or whoever. And then we watched the season, and I remember thinking, wow, Rutherford's crazy. He might be the best player on the Blues. Got 12 goals in this postseason. By the way, going back to San Jose, Logan Couture had 14 goals. I was kind of rooting for that, too, because yeah. I wanted to see him yeah. break the cool. record. That would have been really cool. But, yeah, Jaden Schwartz has a lot of work to do to get there. But he's been a heck of a player and probably the leader for St. Louis right now. Mm-hmm. Although, I mean, there are other candidates there. I, I mean, Ryan O'Reilly needs to be in the conversation. Ryan, I think Petrangelo needs to be in the conversation, yeah. too. He's he a rock, and he's too. playing so many minutes and... Yeah. Anyway. You, you think St. Louis is going to win? 
what has to happen for them to win? Because to me, if Tarasenko wakes up and goes off, and he kind of did towards the end of that Shark series, then that does even things up for me. Yeah, but I, I think this team has balance too. I, 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 part of the, you know, look at look at the fact that they got here without him heating up. I, I think that speaks to who they are as a team. I think they can rely on their depth. Maybe not quite as much as Boston. I, I think Boston has it a little better. But mm-hmm. again, I just I feel like this team is uh, sort of on a mission. They feel like a team of destiny, destiny to me. Maybe that that bubble will burst in the final. I don't know, but Can you they're playing great hockey. Explain to me, and I know we talked about Game Six against San Jose. The Sharks were just clearly too beaten up. Can you explain to me what happened in Game Five? I've never seen an NHL team walk through the high slot with the puck as many times as I watched St. Louis just walk right through and get a shot on Martin Jones. That was one of the worst efforts I've ever seen from a playoff team from San Jose in Game Five, and the series was tied at that point. And that's yeah. the game where Schwartz had his second hat trick. Yeah. Who's, he's been outstanding, but I would say two of those three goals, most people in the crowd could have put those in. Like he was just left completely unchecked. Doesn't it seem like San Jose when they when they get deep playoff runs, they get more banged up than most teams when they, they go seven the playoffs. They just have crazy injuries. Like, yeah, I, I remember but, Thornton playing with the floating knee. Oh but I mean, but they yeah. have a lot of players that do have that extended injury history. I mean, I mean, Couture stayed healthy this postseason, but he has a prolonged injury history, yep. particularly in the postseason. Pavelski does. Ta- Hurdle is. I'm surprised when he's not hurt. Yeah. I mean, it just, it's... I mean, look at his name. Yeah, I was yeah. waiting for one of you two to do it. <laughs> it's just, it's... But yeah, it's just a consistent thing that's happened every year. And then Joe Thornton just duct taped his body parts together so we can still go out there and skate and get two assists a night. Uh, Bruce Cassidy may be the most underrated coach in the NHL. I mean, that's going to change now. Butchie. But, yeah, Butchie. Great nickname there. Uh, anything else on the cup before we get to listener questions? I am excited for this. I was not excited for the second round of these playoffs after about the first or second game. I, mean, I still watch because it's hockey and the NHL playoffs, even when it's a terrible matchup, are still some of the best uh, that sports has to offer. But this can be a good series. I would be really shocked if the series is just like a sweep one way or the other. Yeah, so where are we watching this? Let's pick a place. Yeah. Let's tell everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should tell everybody and they can come out. Natty Hattie viewing party. That's right. We had a couple people, uh, again, tweet us asking for shirts. I know. we got to do that. So we we got to get on that. Now, with the offseason coming up, we'll get on the shirts. Probably. And by we, I mean just me, because yeah, it's Luke's job. to be honest here. Luke found a drop today. I found a few drops. Yeah. So, yeah. I, don't yeah. Think we're gonna, I don't know if we're going to be in the show at all, but... Well, Craig just recreated one of them. It's true. So I, I'm, you I don't, don't even need to here. use it now, no. see? But so I do. I have some stuff saved on here I didn't realize I had. only took us 200 episodes, but we're, we, we might get there. It's a new era. Uh, anything else on this before we get going? Listener no. questions? Listener questions. Here they are. We will start with, with Greg. Hi, Greg. Hey, guys. I am the Greg who came up with bingo. Great fun was had. Question for this week's pod. That was a good it took Great us, fun was had. Probably, it took us a long time. It, it did. It took us a while. Although, if you remember, there was some skullduggery and, and malfeasance. Skullduggery and malfeasance. By, lef- by leftovers. That's the name of this week's podcast. Yeah, left- skullduggery and malfeasance. <laughs> I'll write that down right now. Please. Uh, no, leftovers, leftovers was like leaving out, like, one leftovers. of them was like Eric Carlson's wig Sorry, was mentioned. Leftovers. We're still taking shots at you, leftovers. You probably don't even listen to this podcast. Well, I, I take shots at him on, on like a weekly basis still. Malfeasance. They just don't do it on the air. Malfeasance. Um, yeah, there was like, he, he had like Eric Carlson's wig was on the bingo card, and he's like, well, you guys mentioned Eric Carlson. Carlson's hair and Craig making his hair look like Eric Carlson's hair, but that doesn't count, does it? Yeah, no, it was ridiculous. It was absurd. I, I, I knew we shouldn't have put him in charge of it. No, that was a mistake. Can't trust him on all of our. That's why he was on episode two hundred. <laughs> <laughs> Suck it, Chris. Wow. <laughs> Take that, and you gave out his real name on the air. They know his real. They know his name. We said his name on the air before. Most of the people listening right now have no idea what we're talking about. Well, as usual. This is how's that any different than normal? <laughs> Question for this week's pod. This is great. I haven't even read this, so here we go. 
This, he could say literally anything. I'm going to read it on the air like Ron Burgundy right now. With Hayton, Stepan, Dvorak, Schmaltz, Richie up the middle, and need for more scoring, who are the most logical trade chips and for whom? Also, best free agent targets for a reasonable price. Could you read that again, please, uh, at a slower speed for old people? Question four. This week's pod. It's not quite that slowly. With Hayton, Stepan, Dvorak, Schmaltz, and Richie up the middle, and a need for more scoring, who are the most logical trade chips and for whom? There seems to be an implication that one of those centers is getting traded. And I don't think that's going to happen either. No. I mean, if you're looking for trade chips on this team this season, I might Picks. look at a guy like <laughs> Christian Fisher, might be a trade chip that they would think about moving. Okay. Good, good luck on value there. Well, that's the thing. Like, what are you right? get is is he undervalued right now? And and you know, every time I talk to John Shike and Rick talking about him, they they still believe in him. It's just you know, it's part of the process for a young player. But is still a young player. You're still yeah. selling low. But if you're yeah, you are. And and but if you're looking at this roster and and deciding which which pieces you might be able to move, I, you know, I don't I don't see them trading from their their blue line's really good. Why do you want to? diminish that that's they really have a good blue line right now yeah. so i'd hang on to that yeah and of those names i'm not ready to pencil in hating in the lineup next year yet until i see him with men for yeah. example in training camp against nhl talent in the i think he's gonna make the roster i really do, do you really but, do you think so? i do but but you're right. I mean, if he has a, a poor camp, then you know maybe you consider sending him back. And then what? Year. Richardson has one year left on his deal, yes. if I remember correct. So I, I just I and R- Richardson may have to move to the wing. Yeah, with what they've got going on. So so we'll I see. Mean, we'll see. I, I, I'm not again. I think the the ideal long term is and Craig's talked about this on the show is if can Hayton be the one C, Schmaltz to Dvorak three, and then you you know you find somebody there to be your fourth line center. I mean. I'm just not sure that any one of those guys is going to actually be moved. It's an interesting question, though, just if you take it from the sense of he does list five centers there, and if we think Hayton's going to make the team, you know, how are you playing all five of those guys? That usually sorts itself out. You, you can do it. I think it, after, the, after the way the season started and in the middle of the season for the Coyotes, I think you having some depth of the position is not the worst thing in the world because it's not, especially down the middle, it's not coming from Tucson. No. I, don't, I don't know where you're going to get the other no, depth from. So. Yeah. Uh, Kyle writes in, looking to buy a new Coyotes jersey next year, but can't decide on what player. Hey, Craig, cough once for Marner, twice for Point, <laughs> thrice for Rontanen, or quad for Line A. Ursay has me excited for 2019-20. <laughs> I suppose I shouldn't cough at all, then. <laughs> It'd be funny if you actually just naturally had to cough right now, and this guy went out and bought a Rontanen jersey. <laughs> They're not going to offer any of those guys, nope. I would assume. Uh, I hope that some team offers one of them. Me too. Maybe we, Detroit will do it. Maybe New Jersey will do it. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe, the, I, no. I don't know. I don't know. But the Coyotes aren't going to do it. No. They, 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 yeah, no. As we've discussed in the past, we all want somebody to offer somebody this summer because if yeah. you're not going to do it now, nobody's ever going to do it. I, <laughs> Although, if Jim Ursay buys the team, Ooh. you know, maybe they'll have the funds and they decide that, they want to really and, bring and, Andrew Luck with them. And I think that's the point we should make here about the Coyotes. If they had ownership that had the money, mm-hmm. that had money to actually field a cap team, they absolutely should be in on those guys, but they don't. See, they actually don't have the cash to do that. With the Coyotes, though, I think you can exploit a team like Toronto when if somebody else offers Marner and they have to pay Marner, if you're the Coyotes, you come in and, and say, like, hey, we'll take Kapanen off your hands or whatever sure. so that you can afford. That's how the Coyotes have to attack I don't this. think Toronto's going to have any issue moving Kapanen or Nylander or some of those teams if they want to move them. I don't think that's going to be a problem. Well, but the Coyotes can maybe say, give us... Uh, Toronto has somebody. They have a contract they have to move now, Marlo. too, don't they? they got to get the out of Marlowe's deal. Yeah, they have one. to find a way. 
And, and they might not be able to. Mar- if Marlowe doesn't want to move, he ain't moving. And, that, and that's part of it, right? Where, where does Patrick Marlowe want to go? And, does he want to go anywhere? And odds are, again, as I brought up on the show before, he's got one year left on his deal. It's Nathan, probably the last Nathan year in the Horton NHL. is what you're thinking that's about. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. One more year. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Last year, yeah, but they can bury Hortons. Right. You can go put them on the That's LTIR. not going to stop them. Yeah, they'll bury Hortons deal like they have for and all this time. You cap relief, so. Um, but again, Marlowe has no movement. Last year of his deal, probably the last year of his career. He's not going to be like, oh, yeah, I'll go to some last place team. He's never won a cup. Because I'm in the, la- I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave a cup contender for a bad team in the last year of my career when I don't have to. I don't think that's gonna happen. Um, there was another thing I wanted to say there, but I forgot it. So on to Chris. Hi, Chris. If you had to pick an all-current NHL team, well, this is gonna be tough to do off the top I, of our. I, head. I like this. The, the only reason I wanted you to read this is I think this should be a project project for us for next week's podcast. Because I like this question a lot. Okay, so Chris, we're gonna answer it next week, but this is the question: If you had to pick an all-current NHL team, twelve forwards, sixty-two goalies for one game against an all-time Hall of Fame team, who would be on your current? And all-time teams. Yeah. Mm. We should construct this. All right. I like this a lot. Now, if we're going to construct this, are we going with the like Team Canada model from the Olympics? Or Team USA, I'm sorry. Model from the Olympics? Because you go over, over beers watching the cup final. All right. So you don't take the best players. You take like a fourth-line grinder like I Tortorella would, I think did. I'm not stupid. taking grinders. Okay. I think, yeah. I think that's stupid. So we're all on the same page. And when <laughs> yeah. the so U.S. did that, they absolutely sucked. I want four lines that can score. Correct. The reason why NHL teams have fourth-line grinders because they don't have enough talented players to feel. And they don't have the money to spend on them because we have a salary cap. But we don't have a cap here, I assume. Hold on. When the U.S. built their Olympic team, was this the last Olympic? Or, or two Olympics ago, when with the last time you could bring NHL players, they absolutely left off better players, and they leave Phil Kessel off for like yes. Brandon Dubinsky, and, and that is well, wrong. Yes, yeah, yes, and then they, they couldn't score, and they lost. Oh, yeah. Shocking. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we're going to actually take the best. Fielding players. a team with worse players didn't turn out well for them. Are, Shocking. Are we going to build a collective natty hatty team, or, or are we each going to build our own? Maybe maybe we build a collective. No, oh. I think we should build a collective. Okay. Yeah, and but then we could talk about which what, like, our debates of who didn't make it. Right. And, we can talk about what bad ideas you know, the other person had. Yeah. Luke, Luke was really like was pu- shot those yeah, Luke was really pushing for Nick Bonino. We're like, uh, hey, not feeling. Got to win faceoffs late in the game. Faceoffs uh, <laughs> so critical. Manny Malhotra. Faceoffs critical. You got to have a great faceoff. <laughs> yeah, Manny Malhotra, fourth line center. <laughs> that neutral zone faceoff. That's critical. Yeah, it is. You don't it's, want to give up the puck there. Yeah, yeah. But you might not because, yeah, something else. Because you have John Tavares winning the face-offs <laughs> instead. <laughs> Curious, this is from Joseph. Curious, the final set, which team is going to most regret not winning their Game 7 had they mm. won a semi-clear path to the finals in a cup? Leafs, Knights, Caps maybe? I have my answer. It's you the say you, you the Caps, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I, I like that question too. I don't think yeah. they would have beat Boston though now that I, I watch, but but still. I don't know because they have the they have the pedigree. They certainly understood. If you get to that point, maybe it revs up a bit. I, I think, think we're going to look back and realize Boston was maybe the best team in hockey this year when you consider the playoffs too. I mean, no, just hear me out. They were in Tampa's division, so they got overshadowed. Tampa's the best regular by the best, season by the team. Best team in hockey, yeah. But no, but there's Tampa can't win in the playoffs. I, I know, I know. So I know. I'm saying regular season and postseason. I don't, it's then not yes, like it's, we're looking at a team that is going to win the cup that was eh during the regular season. Boston was really good. I think because of that context, the answer here is Toronto because they would have beaten Boston. That's true. Because then, then what? What is what is Danny Toronto's path at that point? Again. Yeah, Toronto probably like, would have been in the cup. Yes, and I think so. I think the answer there is Toronto because mm. you knock Boston out, then then what, what, the Islanders and Hurricanes. Yeah, I mean, come on, Islanders, Hurricanes, Blues. I think the Leafs would would be. What would have been Columbus? Columbus. Oh, Columbus, right. Columbus. So Columbus, yeah, Columbus and then Carolina, yeah. Yeah, still. Still. Craig? Yeah, that's It's a fair point. It's a fair point. Vegas is interesting just in terms of most painful loss because they should have won. Yes. Yeah. So, they would have a harder, harder path but, to get yeah, there. But I mean, yeah, I mean, St. Louis is playing so well. 
Um, okay, this one's from Imagine the Garbage Pail Kids, but in outer space. Uh, okay. okay. Everybody do that? I'm imagining. Days after the napkin Jamie Elon Musk image surfaced, <laughs> and now John Shannon is pushing an ownership change story, you can talk about the potential of Bacchus skating around with the cup in front of Blues fans, too. We've kind of touched on both of these. We don't I don't even know that's a question. Anymore. Those seem like two statements put no, together. But, but Craig specifically highlighted this one that he wanted to talk about. So <laughs> okay. We have talked about it. I think I just wanted it read. Because okay. I liked it. Mm. There, it was. It's I will not read. confirm nor deny that Napkin Jamie is part of a, a new ownership group trying to acquire the Coyotes. With Elon Musk, I cannot confirm nor deny. Okay, um, let's see. I'm Coyotes X. There's a. Do you think David Backus would shake the cup in front of Blues fans, like <laughs> leering at them? That's really not who he is. So, uh, this is from Cam Paul. It's two first names, Cam. Mm. What's your prediction for how the Coyotes goalie split will be in 2019-20? Ideally, or what I think will happen. Ideally, it's probably fifty-five to fifty-eight games for Antiranta, but I can't say I'm going to bet on that based on the health of Antiranta the last two seasons. Yeah, I'm. I would say yeah, like fifty-five for Ranta and what twenty-seven ish to thirty. I think that that would be ideal, assuming no injuries. Which, based on the last season, they just that math didn't work. But sure. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, go ahead. What are we saying now? I'm so saying 55-27? Yeah, I'm saying 50-ish to tw- to 30-ish. I can see, yeah, I can see Kemper getting a little more than that. Really? I can see him topping 30. Yeah, he's sort of earned it this past season, yeah. but Ron's going to be better it's going to depend year. on performance, right? See what see and, what they're doing. I think and they're injury. Just, I think you yeah, yeah an injury. I mean, let's be real. There's so like, many factors. It's just I don't know. Let's, I still think let's, let's go Ron, back two seasons. Tell me how the goaltending situation is I going know. to play out. Did it play out that way? No. Okay. I still think Antti no Ranta is the number one. I do too. I think but, his upside's higher, to be honest. Yes. And he's, again, reality of the business of this, he's also the one that's signed long term. How much of this do you think they just go with the hot hand coming out of camp? And I would they like say, to see him do that. They and, have that luxury, right? Yeah. And Rick can mm-hmm. just say, hey. It's a competition. Ronta's rolling out of the camp, whatever. Keep playing. Also, like, more teams are doing that now. Yeah, like, there's not going. this. There's not this mentality that if you bench your starting goalie for a week, that there's he's going to be mentally crushed and then unable to play for you in the postseason. And I don't look at the numbers on how many guys are playing the 65, 60 to yeah. sixty five plus games. Right? It's it's, it's, it's decreasing in the NHL, and it makes sense with well, the speed, with the demands on a goaltender. Ben Bishop right? played like four games look this year. He might win the Vezina. Exactly. Look at what Dallas did. Look at again. But look at some of the teams that had the best goaltending this year in their splits. Like look at what Dallas did. Look what the Islanders did. You can do this. But I would say the Coyotes are actually set up better than a lot of those teams. Take Ben Bishop out of the equation for a second. But like the teams like the Islanders and Carolina that had to, out of necessity, go with two goalies. The Coyotes have two goalies that are, at their best, better than those other goalies. And they also get along pretty well, unless that's just an act. And if it's an act, it's a behind-the-scenes act, too. Then they're, they're, then Hollywood's next. Yeah. <laughs> So, so Ranta and Kemperly, I don't think somebody's feelings are going to be hurt if they're sitting for the other one. I think it's it's going to be a competition. And look, I think Kemp, they both Kemper, understand that. Kemper's got something to prove next year. He's going to be in the final year of his deal. I mean, he's looking for maybe, again, even if he doesn't get traded, which again, it depends on how he plays, that might not be the smart move. You might just keep both goalies and see what happens as you're trying to make it back to the postseason. But he's got he's got some money on the line because if he has another season even similar to what he just had, even if it's in fewer games, he's going to get paid. Yeah. Going to get paid. Uh, DJ one. Smith was just hired as the Ottawa Senators coach, by the way. Oh. While we've been on the air. That's so better than there you hiring go. DJ. So Paul now D. there's Edmonton, yep. which we talked about, and probably Anaheim. They're as soon as uh, Dallas Eakins finishes yeah. the AHL yeah. playoffs. Yeah, so it's really about Edmonton Is that the only point. DJ coaching a team now? I think it is. 
I believe it is. It's an odd question, yeah. Luke. <laughs> um, here's a question from Gertrude von Lichtenstein. This, this is open-ended. We don't have to answer this. Are the Coyotes trading for Jim Irsay and is Phil Kessel going to purchase this team? I just wanted to get those out there for okay. Craig. Cheryl, this is a question Craig's going to love. For a real question, if you could eliminate one hockey cliche from players' post-game scrums, what would it be? This question was like written mm. for Craig. That was also in my mailbag. So it lit- literally was written for Craig. It's hard to single out one question, but I what I said in the mailbag is any question that begins with talk about. Oh, you're saying the actual question from oh, the media I'm sorry. member. Did I, this did I mishear you? Yeah, it's supposed to be the player. This like, is what, a what, what player cliche would oh, you like? I agree with you. I my, hate talk about. I'm glad I got yes. that in, in the podcast. But yes, I'm sorry, I misheard Eliminate you. talk about. Yeah, that's the... No, we're not doing. That's the worst media question. Specifically, would you like me to talk about? I would talk about the game. Could you put just slightly more effort into constructing your question? (laughs) Just write my quotes for me, basically. Yes, exactly. Uh, I think I would go with, off the top of my head, is we played a good team game. Because that means nothing. Well, there's so many things that hockey players say that mean nothing. Pucks in deep. There's always always to get pucks in deep, get get in on the corners, forecheck. But there. It right. does Back-checking mean something. Yeah, just but like in the room, there's yeah. all these cliches. We should. Just, I hate team game. You know what we should do? We should consult Brad Richardson on all of yeah. this. Yeah, we should have Brad. Which Richardson quotes on. would you like to forbid your teammates from saying? Brad, he but, could he could come up with an entire list. Let's have him on the summer. We He's should be totally good. have him on the summer. Um, Played well. The, the puck didn't bounce our way. Not one we can get full sixty there. minutes. Need to play full sixty minutes. Yeah. That one's in there a lot. Yeah, I mean, that that one might be mine because no team ever plays a full sixty no. minutes. So it's like. I understand that you're conditioned to feel that way when you hit the ice by your coach. There are certain games and moments that that is applicable. When you see a team that particularly struggles, let's say, in the third period, or they're slow starters, that would make sense. But I'd rather just say what specifically the issue is, not just we need to play a full 60 minutes. Yeah, There are a lot of cliches in sports. There are. But, I mean... Craig's right. You bring up a guy like Brad Richardson. He really doesn't lean on him very much. Like there are certain players that give you good. Openly says he hates it. Yeah, he hates those cliches. Got to get him on. We We save that question. We should have Richie on. Um, Robert writes in. Do you think we should have Richie in the studio? I mean, he spends most of his summer in Arizona. Yeah, if Richie wants to come in in studio, yeah, let's do that. Let's just have him co-host. Hi, Rich. Are you listening? Take Matt's spot. Who in the corner? Yeah, exactly. Rich and Aaron. That is. I was thinking. Can can we make that happen, Rich? Take Jamie's spot. Okay. Uh, Robert, I don't like that one so much. Would you rather hear Gloria? Oh, I didn't mean you. I meant the other Jamie. Would you rather hear Gloria on repeat for the rest of the summer or have Boston win yet another championship? Also, what's a loyal fan base got to do to get a Natty Hattie t-shirt? That's a great question, Robert. That That's a really tough one there because I really don't want to see Boston win another that's title. Great. I'm tired of Boston winning titles, but Gloria is just an awful song. You know what would be even better? Can we have David Schwimmer sing it? <laughs> Gloria. <laughs> <laughs> is that how David Schwimmer sounds? I don't know. It is. This is how he sounds at Friends, just whining all the time. Friends is like the most overrated show ever. Ooh. It's horrible. I hate every character on that show. Most, you hate all of them? I hate Joey? every character on ah, that show. Joey, yeah, Friends funny. is overrated. I agree. i not saying Friends isn't overrated, but that is a funny show. Yeah. Living Single is a better sitcom show. Never seen Living Single. Should. Um, by the way, side note, Craig, since you're the only one in this room that watches Game of Thrones, how'd you feel about the uh, the wrap-up? The, the without giving up without, episode, I was don't okay. give anything away. Spoiler alerts, blah blah blah. All that. What, if you haven't watched it by now, what are you doing? Yeah, right. you know. Well, then, it's spoiler alert. Poor. Whatever Craig's about to say, just spoiler be alert. Yeah, okay. turn turn off. You're telling people to turn off. No, no, podcast. don't turn off the podcast. Just hit like the fast forward thirty second button. Yeah, because we're gonna get back into hockey. In a second. I'm only gonna spend thirty seconds on this. I hope so. Okay, hit it twice <laughs> just to be safe. <laughs> we really should have for like. If, I was okay with the final episode. I mean, it wrapped up things. I just. My biggest problem was they rushed. They rushed these last two seasons. Why there was did a, you do that? I have no idea. 
just take your time and do the, the the final two seasons like you did the first six. Season six was great. Yeah, Ooh, I don't know why I said it like that. Mm, Craig's voice just changed on the great. air. Great! I can't even replicate that, but it was. It was good. <laughs> Not a sponsor, but could and be. And then season well, seven and eight, the they just rushed these. <laughs> they rushed so many storylines, and it felt rushed. Yeah. So it, that was problematic. That, that was that's my biggest issue. The sense I got from people was it's almost like you make it, you get to the Stanley Cup, and all of a sudden it's best of three. Like, why would you get to this point? Because my sense, and I, I've watched one episode of the first seven seasons. I've seen parts of, of some of the episodes in season eight. But my sense was people thought it was one of the greatest shows of all time. You, don't you want to wrap it up as best you can? You're never going to make everybody happy. Thank you. But don't you want to wrap it up the best way you can? Thank you. And then you get the people, like even in our industry, this drives me crazy. People in our industry defending it like, oh, you just stop whining, stop. Come on. You, you should care more than anybody else about good writing. Yeah. Writing matters, and the writing just – they didn't get it done these last two seasons. Because it was rushed. Yes, because mm-hmm. it was rushed. Right. And also, yeah, they should have used Brand as an advanced scout. I, I made that point on Twitter. I mean, seriously? <laughs> the dude can literally see everything that's happening, and you didn't use him as an advanced scout. Oh, we lost a dragon. <laughs> you know, that wouldn't have happened yeah. if you had just consulted your scout. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I have nothing to add. We've seen in the past, if you don't have enough scouts, it's going to hurt your draft yeah. prospects. And, uh, dragon uh, prospects? Your dragon, dragon prospects. Okay. Bobby Big Wheel. Did they play on the wing? Who is the worst draft bust in Coyotes history? I'm just going to glaze over whatever <laughs> Jamie just said. <laughs> Who is the, the worst draft bust in Coyotes history? Oh, calling up Coyotes draft Scott history. Scott Kelman. Yeah, he's Dan up there. Focked. There's a lot. Oh, boy. By the way, did anyone notice Kelman had the same salad as Justin Timberlake circa 2002? <laughs> Same hair. <laughs> no. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, let's see. Wait, off the top of my head, I have one. Does it have to be a high first round pick to call him a bust? Because look, look, later first round picks often don't pan out. Uh, Brandon Gormley was the thirteenth overall pick. Now that's, maybe not quite that, high enough, but a pretty one. big bust there. That might be my pick. Uh, hey, well, here, I mean, hate let's... to say it, but Mikael Botcher was the eighth overall pick, and I mean, but he did produce for he, a little he was, bit. He, was he produced okay. for his season. I mean, Peter Mueller. I mean, he can I know still break out. There, there's some extenuating circumstances, yeah, but like Peter, Peter Mueller, Mueller got hurt, so uh, it's hard to to lay that on him when he had concussions. Um, hmm. For me, it can still only be back. it can only be a first round pick, but, but it has to be a high first round. Yeah, agreed. I, I think it has to be a high first round pick. I'm, I'm probably top ten. I mean, you look at a guy like Freddie Schuster too. He was the eleventh yeah. overall pick. That didn't pan out. Scott Kellen was 15th, so I'm not quite ready there. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, the biggest bust was Dan Folk. Like, yeah. Dan Folk went 11th overall. Yeah. The year they they took Danny Briere with the 24th pick. Dan Folk played 82 NHL games, I mean, two goals and eight points. I mean, that's the thing. Do, do Do you want to talk about whether or not they got there or not? Because it's tough because. You spent the third overall pick on Kyle Turris, and you never got anywhere close to that value. But he did play for you, at least. Mm-hmm. And he's Blake Wheeler was the fifth pick, elsewhere. never played for you. Uh, I think it's Gormley, man. I mean, might, you can go with folk be because Gormley. because that was their first that was their first pick in, in the desert too. But they got Briere thirteen picks later, so they kind of like they kind of made up for that first round. Well, yeah. also, how much does context matter? Like context always matters because. Always matters, but what's the context? Dylan Strom context. Yeah. So do you say, yeah, but you were able to trade him for an asset, so that lessens how, how bad the pick was? But if you look at the players around them and the need to have a player at that position and everything that surrounded it, I mean, the third overall pick, Dylan Strom, in a draft that everybody else had success, almost everybody else had success, do you want me to that's pull in up the conversation. Draft again? you want me to pull up the first round? And we can the 2015 draft, yeah. 2015 draft is depressing to look at. It really is. Over, under, 
I'm not looking at it yet. So let's say over under eight Hall of Famers from that draft. I'm going to say I'm going to take the under on let's Hall go of Famers. Let's go, let's go five and a half Hall, Hall of Famers. famers. Oof. Oof. Okay, Connor McDavid. Probably. Assuming, <laughs> yeah. assuming health. Come on. Yes. He could retire tomorrow. So Hall of in. Famers. Miko Rantanen. I need to see it for more seasons. For well, they're not guys. there now. Well, this draft is four years ago. Well, no, I don't player. expect them to be in the Hall of Fame today. But I think there's a lot that can player. happen. I think he's Miko. Yeah, I think he's. I think so too. But I'm not ready to draft. put him in the Hall of Fame. All right, let's say okay. I'll put it at four and a half. I've moved this down a few times. But McDavid. Well, Mitchell Marner, obviously, Eichel. if you're pulling only Toronto fans, Toronto Ring of well, Honor. That seems to matter. Uh, so McDavid, Eichel, Marner, okay, Provorov, Wierenski, Meyer. God, Meyer was in that draft too. Yeah. I'm still gonna take Debrusk, the Barzal, Connor. I'm taking the under. Yeah. There's some good players there, but the main, there's maybe players. two Hall of Famers. Besser, connect. No, I'll take the over. Sebastian on Ajo went in the second round by the yeah. way that year. That was that's the good Sebastian Ajo too, not that's the, the good one. Sebastian. Look, if, for the Coyotes, the fact that you've basically whiffed on the two best drafts of the last two decades, the 03 well, draft you didn't, didn't have a pick, picks in the 2000, yeah, the 03 yeah. draft you never pick, and then Thanks, Mike Barnett. Bond, yeah, and then botching the again. It, it's so tough because I'm I'm not sure there was another logical pick at three besides Dylan Strong. I think almost I know any team was going to take him. But Toronto was going to take him. Yeah, I mean, so he was the logical pick so at three. So much dissension within the organization but, of whether they should take him, but it didn't work. And that's ultimately doesn't matter. And everybody else around it worked. And that's ultimately that's the thing. I forgot Meyer was in that draft too. That just makes me sad. A lot of really that good players ruined. Sad top Luke. ten of that draft. Is sad Luke. Is there? Do we have a drop for Sad Luke? Mm, if we're gonna have one, by just have piano music. It's, I told you it's, it's like the dropping the penguin, like Mario sixty four. Here we got to wrap this up. So let's let's hear from uh, Stephen. Hi, Stephen. Question for Napkin Jamie on progression or regression. Which players are you looking to taking a step forward in their development this summer or year? Are there players whom you believe overachieved and might take a step back? That's not in the hashtag nonlinear progression. I, I have to this do a deeper Jamie's dive into that. Account. But Jamie's, yeah, yeah. This is Jamie's, you, you have the floor. I have to do a deeper dive into that, but off the top of my head, I have one on each. Uh, I, I do think Max Domi is due for a regression. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't think the numbers he put up this year are real. If you look at some of the, the line mates around him as well, I don't. They didn't put up the. I just feel like everything went perfect for him in the first half of the season. Uh, I would not expect him to reach those totals again. I, I'm really high on William, William Nylander for next year. I think the way the offseason went for him, coming in late, all the pressure surrounding him, getting off to a slow start, and him being blamed for everything that was wrong with Toronto. Future Detroit Red Wing William Nylander. Yeah, I think I think it was the, a perfect cocktail for how for how bad a season could possibly go. I really think he can maybe push thirty goals. Next season, wherever he might play. Yeah, I'm still considering who would play Sad Luke in a sitcom or a, maybe an SNL skit. I, I'd probably go with Kate McKinnon actually to play Sad Luke. <laughs> she could do whatever as long Kate, as it's not David Schwimmer. She's she great. She is. She's, she's the star of that show. If you're going to have David Schwimmer sing in Gloria too, does do you have the one where he plays the keyboard and it's just different space sounds? That's one of the best episodes. <laughs> Uh, last one because we got to get out of here. We could get David Schwimmer on to sing Gloria, probably, yeah, Maybe. before the Cup final began. Call him. I mean, what's he doing? <laughs> let's, let's, let's he was on Entourage, but that was okay. eight years. As, ago. as far yeah. as these aren't young yeah. guys, but as far as Coyotes, since we do have a lot of Coyotes, let's playing giraffe I voices would, uh, oh, yeah. on one or two. Very well, I'd expect more from Derek Stepan next year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's been a. He's been a, again. I thought he was the best Coyote two years ago. Uh, I, I've watched him for Better a long time with the Rangers. Okay, best non Monta Coyote. Best skater, best okay. skater uh, on the Coyotes a couple years ago. He had a surprisingly poor season. I think he hit about 175 posts in the first two month, months of the year. <laughs> Seems unfair. Uh, I would expect a much better season That's from him. That's puck luck. 
Yes. That's what they call it, puck luck. Yeah. That, Something that, else. There's that's another that, one that needs to go away. That's the one that needs puck to go luck. away. I also would take, <laughs> I would bet the house on the under on 19 goals for Brad Richardson next year, too. So just exp- understand. We're that. bringing that up when he's in the studio. As we as we talk, Jamie about- can bring that up. <laughs> Jamie won't be because he'll be sitting right next to him at the open mic. <laughs> uh, real quick, big tortilla. It's basically a question of does Kevin Shattenkirk have anything? First of all, left? a great Twitter handle. I fantastic don't name. think so. You don't think he has anything left? What was the question? So. I'm still focused on Big Tortilla being well, the best Twitter handle I've heard in a while. I'll read it real quick. According to the New York Post, the Rangers tried to trade Shattenkirk during this past season. They even offered to retain 50% salary on him. Now there are rumors they may buy him out if they can't trade him. Is Shattenkirk done or does he just need a change of scenery? I think he's done. I think he's done. I, I forgot he was I've, in the league. I've, I've watched I him. I forgot he was in the league. It's, it's, been a, it's been a rapid descent to the bottom. It really has. By the way, give the Blues some credit there. For selling when they could, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. What did they get for him? Oh, I have to go look. Because well, it's probably like two guys that are like carrying them to the Stanley Cup right now. Um, Kevin Shattenkirk is not. He just turned thirty. He shouldn't be done yet. He's got a lot of miles on that body, but yeah, but he shouldn't be done. Um, that's interesting. Like if you if you're if you're in a position where you could bring him in as your fourth defenseman, maybe. I don't know. That's interesting to me. Isn't he right-handed, too? Yes, he is. Mm -hmm. He'll get a job Mm -hmm, somewhere. mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. New York isn't for everybody. All right. That's going to do it for us. For Jamie Eisner and Craig Morgan, who looks like he wants to protest. I I got nothing to say. I'm trying trying to find him. Jamie's trying to find his clothes while he's typing. I'm just trying to see what they got the pick back for. I was stalling for Jamie, actually. Because they got a first-round pick, and it's like Zach Sanford and then like Brad Malone or something. They actually did not get that awesome of a return. I'm just trying to see what they end up getting. Pick wise, we're just gonna sit here in silence if you want. I'll, I'll put some drops in here. Gripping, gripping podcast. Let's see. While we're waiting for Jamie, rate and review the show on iTunes, please. If, if you made it an hour and twelve minutes, you should probably rate and review. Tell your friends. You should follow us on Twitter. Why aren't you following us on Twitter? We need more numbers yeah, on Twitter. Use, Why aren't you following us on Twitter? I seriously want to know. And Craig, I'm, wants I'm to kind know. of annoyed. Any other personal plugs we can do? Oh, they they just got picked to trade for Braden Shen. Well, that worked out pretty well. So basically, okay. Kevin Shattenkirk for Braden Shen. Kevin Shattenkirk and Phoenix Copley. Oh, they give up Phoenix, Phoenix Copley in the deal, too. Phoenix. Phoenix. But Jim Irsay is going to buy him and change his name so to Copley Indianapolis. So Copley for like Zach Sanford and uh, Braden Shen. Jamie talks over all my best lines on I just talk over air. you. Um, all right, that's it. For Jamie Eisner, Craig Morgan, I'm Luke Lipinski. Thanks for listening to the Natural Hattrick Podcast. I didn't have time to prepare a sign What? I'm talking over you.